Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program, episode 300. 60 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Lucas Kaser. Today, we are breaking down five things that we do to prepare for the offseason the next season. We just finished up 2020. We had the Super Bowl recap with the Kamish boys on Tuesday. If you haven't gotten into that yet, please make sure to double back and listen into that one. Uh, longtime Brady fans, uh, of course, Patriots fans, um, since they were kids, but followed Brady down to uh, Tampa Bay. And we just really broke that down and kind of Brady's legacy in general. Uh, it was just really great to kind of roll through the years with Brady and look, love him or hate him. You got to throw the man some respect on his seventh Super Bowl, 10th appearance. Make sure you go check out that episode as we wrapped up 2020. Now Lucas and I, Dwayne and Bobby as well are turning the page and we're finally getting into 2021 here. We are just weeks away from Free agency kicking off, of course, in April. We have the NFL draft and so forth. We're going to get into the schedule a little bit on this episode as well as we break down five things that we do as a team and individually to transfer seasons, to go from one season 2020 into the next 2021. Of course, for redraft, we do not start drafting until August, but Dynasty goes year-round. So how do we differentiate those two season types and best ball and everything else? So we'll get into those. And then after a quick commercial break, we'll be jumping into Lucas's top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers at each position for the rookies coming in. Of course, a lot of this is going to change potentially when they land on teams with the NFL draft, but we have the top five at each position. I also have five uh, listed as well in case those are um, mixed up a little bit. So we will review five things today that we do to prepare for the next season and then we will go through our top five positional rookies at each position. Lucas, man, it's been a, a wild ride getting through the NFL playoffs, getting through the Super Bowl. Of course, you were down in Tampa, Florida. Um, you live in the Midwest, but you took a trip to get some sunshine down in uh, Florida here for the Super Bowl. Uh, just quickly, man, how are you doing? How was your trip down there? Kind of take us through uh, Sunday and what the experience was being in the host city of a Super Bowl. How was it down there, man? And then uh, we can jump right into our five things that we do to prepare for 2021. But let's get one more recap on 2020 and kind of rinse out the Super Bowl for yourself. Yeah, man, it was good. Uh, I'm about 75 degrees colder this week. I have to put boots and a coat on to go start up my grill now. Um, it's a whole thing. But no, it was it was good. Um, I was the only I'm not even a Chiefs fan is the bad thing, but I was the only like Chiefs guy rooting at the place we went a little south of Tampa. It was busier than crap. It was cool though. Um, I don't know. I It still gives me kind of fake vibes because like the half that team was non-Bucks last year. So like, I'm still like not on really board with the whole organization. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it was, you th it was exciting, but like to the same point, all the Bucks fans down there are like, now Brady fan so like you could tell it was a little fake in a sense uh kind of I'm not trying to like put anybody down or anything but it was still a good time uh, to be down there but yeah it's in the past um if they play the Chiefs again next year with an actual team and not a banged up quarterback I, I bet it'll be a different scenario um going forward excellent well I'm glad you got an opportunity to at least go check that out uh my dad went to uh the first 49er Super Bowl in 1981 that was in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, in the old uh, Detroit Lions Stadium. Uh, I have not had the luxury of being in a host city or going to a Super Bowl myself. So hopefully soon come, of course, the 2021-22 Super Bowl. This next upcoming one, Super Bowl 56, will be in Los Angeles. So we'll see if 
the Chargers or the Rams can make a run there with Herbert and now Stafford. All right, man. Well, let's get into it here. We got top five things we do to prepare as a team going from one season to the next. So I'm going to kick off each one here and then we'll get your thoughts. Number one. And again, this is kind of uh, not necessarily order of importance. This is more chronological order of how we kind of go from one season to the next year. Number one, recapping 2020. So recapping the previous season, it seems obvious, but honestly, not a lot of podcasts, um, not a lot of the bigger networks uh, spend too much time recapping the previous season. And, you know, you don't need to spend two months doing it, but I think it's important. And we have been doing it through the NFL playoffs and we still have a few episodes lined up here, even though we're turning into 2021, we still have a couple episodes that will be focusing back on the 2020 to see how things developed. So I think it's really important that you recap the year previously. So that's fantasy finishes, why or why not those players finished where they finished draft capital, that's following, you know, analyzing past season ADP trends is really important where a guy was drafted versus where they settled. Then you have the deep finds, right? Those are, you can call them sleepers or breakouts, whatever, but who are the Justin Jeffersons? Why did they happen that way? Of course, we want to find those every single season. So we analyze the deeper players, James Robinson, Mike Davis, yada, yada. Find your busts, your injuries. Are they long-term injuries? Were they gruesome injuries like a Joe Burrow? He may not be ready for 2021 right away. Uh, whereas, you know, another guy like Julio Jones kind of annually banged up, um, but should be ready to go to kick off week one of next season. So we talk about those for sure. And basically I look at, you know, personally, I look at my own takes from 2020. We are going to throughout this off season, of course, start, discussing takes on people. We're going to start kind of calling our shot on players, on teams, on situations, of course. And what I do is I listen back to our previous episodes and look through our old um, show sheets. And I go back and I make sure that I understand why I was so high on Joe Mixon. And then it blew up in my face, why I was high on Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. And it blew up in my face. Um, why I wasn't necessarily super hot on Antonio Gibson who ended up being an excellent uh, running back in his situation more so than I thought he would. So analyzing my own takes and why they worked out or not. And the biggest thing I think I take out of this particular um, note here is that the why is much more important in my opinion and valuable to our fantasy analysis heading into the next season than the actual result itself. So the why is more important and valuable than the actual result itself so Mike Davis ended up being a top running back but why because Christian McCaffrey got hurt if Christian McCaffrey didn't get hurt we don't hear from Mike Davis we know that so it's important to find out what happened Justin Jefferson became Justin Jefferson but why because Stefan Diggs left and he went to Buffalo right so you need to make sure you analyze each situation individually as to why they had happened not just looking at the final trend so Lucas why don't you compound on that a little bit here number one recapping the previous season yeah, and I think that's kind of part of where we say it's the best, like this is our favorite time of the year. And it's not, I think the way I see why it's my favorite is because there's not a deadline on when, uh, there's not a subjective end date on the research. And to that, I mean, like in season, uh, I mean, this kind of goes for everyone. Like you're you're doing your research, even if you don't do research, you're doing your your waivers for that one week. You're doing all this thinking, all this um, decision-making, all this research, all this YouTube watching, podcast listening for, I'm going to say one date or one length of a week, Thursday, sometimes Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then it's done. It doesn't matter, right? Like obviously some stuff carries over for the next day, but like this is the time where we can take things as slow, as fast as we want. And the information we know from, I mean, granted when the season's over, but I would say like now to, uh, kickoff eve like we have that that's our deadline and it doesn't but then in the sense it doesn't feel like one so you really can take your time with going back and visualizing things analyzing things and like we kind of harped on the in the zero rb episode analyzing like the past season adp and this goes to your to your checking your takes without checking your take statement of like go back and see why your teams were i'm just gonna say bad why your teams didn't work 
but don't go back and be like, oh, this player didn't work because X, Y, Z. Go back and look at the ADP surrounding it. Go back and look at the trends as to maybe why you would have taken them. Go back and see not who you could have pivoted to, but if you could have pivoted to another tier of players, because all these things, this is how you get better at fantasy. You don't, you don't get better by hitting on a take next year, because I mean, like we said this year, like we had a really good year, but we also said last year that we, I don't really remember if my year was good, like last, last year, but we said it's all luck, which you, it could take skill to get to the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, it's all luck because it's one week seasons. So don't analyze if you were lucky or unlucky. Analyze if your process was uh, good, I guess is the word. I don't want to like say good or bad because it's not such a thing as a bad process in fantasy, but like going through and taking your time to really analyze your process with no end date is kind of like my, it's my favorite part to go back and recap. And I think I spent a lot more time looking back on 2020 than, and you do too, than like people, I mean, there's people throwing out rookie takes now and like it's, it's just annoying to watch the arguments about if Ronda Moore is tall enough to catch a football in the NFL, or if this running back, he can't break tackles, but he's going to run a four, three. Well, good thing. You don't have to break tackles if no one can catch you. Like all the, all this, like the subjective stuff that doesn't matter. And I'm just going to say most of the time, the people that are doing this are the ones that had a bad season last year. And they just want to throw it out of the way and act like it never happened and just try and gain traction going forward. So, so yeah, I think, I think that's why we're doing more of a laid back episode around this. Cause like, I don't even want to give advice on how to do this because there is no right way to do this. Right. Like I just prefer going back and I use fantasy mojo and I just look at the ADP. Uh, they have different views where you can put on a draft board view. You can export it to CSV. I'll export a bunch uh, onto an Excel file and I'll get averages and get uh, high lows, medium maxes, all that, all that stuff that I just like to look at because then you can really, um, and obviously we have our rankings from last year that we can export to and really just compare them to like, in a sense, were you pretty accurate around what you were going for last year? Because really when you're making rankings, like I think we kind of, we go in making rankings on the take of like, we're trying to rank as close to ADP as possible, right? Obviously, like I say fantasy finish because like ADP is in a sense, placing futures on fantasy finish. So really like going back and analyzing these things is kind of my favorite part, um, of this year. And I think that's why we kind of decided to do this episode, just kind of to kick off the, um, the 2021 season. I agree. And I think the biggest change is that when we're in the, uh, we're in the rat race of this season, you know, we're doing game previews every week. We're doing player previews every week. We're doing rankings debates. We're doing, you know, all these different things, recaps and, and uh, DFS and stuff. And it really becomes like this weekly cycle of, the same information updated uh, versus in the off season. Now we get to kind of bird's eye view everything kind of, you know, kind of zoom out and put everything underneath a uh, microscope at the same time. And there's different approaches to that. So I think that's something that we value uh, here on the TCK. And I know that Lucas, Bobby, Dwayne, and myself really valued going super deep into the analysis and the analytics. And, and of course, we're going to be bringing you all of those um, spreadsheets and information throughout the off season. Uh, you know, you can count on us for that. Um, but it's also good to kind of zoom out and again, take like the top 10 wide receivers from last year, look in there and there's going to be two or three names where you're like, holy shit, I did not see that guy falling like Stefan Diggs for me personally. I just didn't think it would happen with Josh Allen because he was the, literally the worst passer in the NFL the year before that. And sure enough, Stephon Diggs blew up. He led the, led the uh, league in catches and ended up a top three wide receiver in fantasy. So we need to understand why that happened and not just gloat about the fact that Lucas and I were telling you all summer long to take Devontae Adams over Michael Thomas before Michael Thomas got hurt. And it would be great for us to pat each other on the back all, all offseason because we called that one. It's more about like, Bummer. How about the other guys? Right. So we want to just make sure we recap 2020 by zooming out and zooming in, finding the appropriate notion for each one. Okay. Number two here, take the off season month to month. Okay. So we're in February, the Super Bowl just ended the NFL season just ended. So in February, and this is kind of a general overlook of the NFL season and calendar. Of course, there's more events that I'm not going to mention right now. Um, and there are kind of, you know, some things in the fantasy world that we're going to dive into a little bit deeper as we go through the spring and the summer. But in general, 
February is the NFL playoffs. It's the Super Bowl. Okay. Everyone kind of takes a breath really quick. You start having, you know, that black Monday, they call it in the NFL where coaches get fired after the, you know, week 17 and the playoffs start. Then guys start getting hired all over the NFL coordinators, assistant coaches, GMs change, yada, yada. So February is very busy, but it doesn't tell us much other than where guys are landing, then we have to do the research of what that actually means for the individual coach and the players in that new team and organization. So February, you have the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, and then we have the coaching changes. In March, we have NFL free agency that's going to kick off in a couple of weeks. And obviously, we have more and more coaches and GMs falling into place. April, we have the NFL draft, which leads into May, May and June. We have the NFL draft landing spots and how those are going to fit into other players' situations. So, of course, we're going to talk a little bit rookies here. Dwayne and, and Lucas are going to get deeper into dynasty stuff moving forward um, with the TCK in the next couple of months. But we're going to take a brief overview today to let you know where we stand now. I almost guarantee you that this list, and we'll have to save this list, Lucas, because I guarantee you that this list is going to change at least 50% when these guys land. Remember last year, everybody had Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift, period, as the number one or two running backs in the draft class last year. Then, of all the running backs, Clyde Edwards-Lair gets drafted by the Chiefs at the end of the first round. He immediately jumps all the running backs, becomes the Dynasty 101, becomes a top 10 uh, fantasy redraft pick as well because of where he landed. So again, we're going to preview these guys before they land on their skill set in general. Then we're going to continue to review that when they get drafted by a team. So that's kind of May and June, figuring out where these guys landed, what schemes they're going to use, who the new coaches are, and coordinators, yada, yada. July, we have training camp, so we actually get to see these players land on spots. Are they getting first reps right away? Are they the backup? Are they third string? Is a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn getting a lot of rep preseason, getting us fired up, and then frankly doesn't really play the entire season. They bring in uh, Leonard Fournette instead, and the rest is history in Tampa Bay, right? So really analyzing the playing time for the training season. Then in August, we start fantasy draft season pretty heavily on the TCK. Now that's, of course, redraft. All the while, we're looking in and honing in on our dynasty teams and our rosters, those um, moves and everything else, right, before we kick off the season again in September. So Again, number two, taking the season month to month. And Lucas, we kind of take those in different quadrants each month because it's so much better for us. You and I have been doing this now for three seasons together. Um, it's so much easier for us to kind of, we have to take this in blocks or it becomes too overwhelming. We can only go so fast and so far. So we take it block by block. You want to um, kind of expand on the idea of taking the off season month to month from February currently after the Super Bowl heading into September when 2021 will kick off. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think people like, I mean, I don't know how much our listeners, uh, I don't know if they're more Instagram, Twitter, I think it's both. Like, I don't know how much you guys are involved with like dynasty Twitter or rookie. I mean, I'm like the most least involved with rookie Twitter out of, I guess people that are like involved in fantasy, but like right now is the perfect example of why you don't need to rush to set a deadline because right now people are, they're doing their whole, I'm an NFL scout. I'm going to watch YouTube clips of just the good plays, right? They're going to watch these highlight reels and try and take away fantasy value. And I mean, one, I just absolutely hate it. Like I don't really listen to fantasy podcasts, especially now because that's all it is. It's they're They're throwing out their rankings. They're throwing out, these individual traits of their movement off the line, their hands off the line. And then they're trying to tell you like how good they're going to be without knowing a landing spot, draft capital, depth chart status, free agency, free agency for that team. Like they just try and they're trying to make assumptions now for what's going to happen in September. So like taking stuff month by month is like, is one, do it. Like, like we said, the last, the last point, like do it at your own pace, do whatever you want for these sections right like you don't have to go in like right now postseason if you don't even want to do anything cool you're not going to miss out on anything that happens right like you could resume your research in may and you could still get the same amount of knowledge that you take on in february right like right now i'm not doing like a ton like i just i'll listen to a couple podcasts i'll look at the adp here and there maybe i'll pull up pff or pfr occasionally but i'm not like watching film 
writing down notes on these films of players trying to really, I mean, like these rankings I've had like for the last two weeks and I literally ranked them by who I like the most based on the couple of college games I watched last year. Like, and for one, don't take my rankings and be like, all right, it has to be this for drafts next year or anything, but just take stuff month by month. Um, you can follow the trends of, um, well, coaching changes kind of already happened for the most part. Like if you want to exclusively look at coaching changes, um, a couple sites or DLF has stuff on coaching uh, history, pretty cool tool. You can export to CSV, stuff like that. I'm pretty sure if you just search the coach's name in PFR, you can find some stuff. Um, but if you want to go to free agency, then do stuff on that. Like you can follow the trends with these and you'll be just fine on research or you could go against the trends. Um, and right now, if you want to look at 2020 ADP, cool. If you want to go play Xbox, cool. You're not going to miss out on anything, right? Like, so don't feel like you're rushed to make assumptions for September because most of the people that are making takes on Twitter right now don't keep a running log um, because they just want to be in the now of these are my rankings right now. And then they could be completely wrong, but it won't matter because come September, it's going to be changed and no one's going to see them. So don't feel like you have to keep up with what is going on because right now nothing is going on except people trying to force stuff and act like stuff is going on. And I think that's where we try to, we try to separate ourselves where we're here giving you the information. We're here keeping track of those things. We're here, you know, giving you dynasty content, giving you redraft recaps and getting into 2021. So, um, you know, it's not like we're not doing work. We clearly are. I think, you know, what Lucas is saying is we're not trying to jump the gun and just kind of falsify content to make content. We are moving down to two, two episodes a week um, here, and we've been doing five for the last five months, right? So those two episodes are going to be a lot more chock full of information because we have the time to actually diagnose things, look into it deeper, and actually get into this. So Lucas is going to give you the top five for each position right now. But like I said, when he gets more into research and we start diving into things deeper, um, now that the regular season is over, we're, you know, they, they will probably change. And my rankings aren't going to be the same as his necessarily. And of course, we have Bobby and Dwayne to chime in as well. So, you know, making sure to kind of take it month to month because you're right, it is just kind of fresh off 21 or 2020. Make sure you take a breath. You know, not everybody's a crazy nerd like we are for fantasy football. But when you get back into fantasy football, it's important that you catch up and you make sure that you stay tuned to everything. And like we said in a previous episode, you know, the 15 things I learned, I shared this with you a few weeks ago. Um, if you don't have a Twitter account, I recommend you make one and just follow along. You do not have to participate on Twitter if you don't want to. Um, but I recommend you make a Twitter account and you follow reliable uh, resources like Adam Schefter, you know, and these other guys who are going to give you breaking information so that you're up to date on it. Um, just so you can, again, stay in the know. I think that's important. You don't have to make a bunch of moves if you don't want to yet because everything has to land with rookies and stuff. But being in the know, I think, is is important. So you should uh, give yourself that advantage, absolutely. Okay, number three, absorb as much information from as many resources as possible. So if you're a podcast person, well, obviously you're listening here, but listen to podcasts, not just us, listen to other podcasts as well. Read articles if you like to read articles. I do. Lucas doesn't. Twitter, we just mentioned. Make a Twitter account just to have one. You can stay in the shadows. You don't have to chime in. You don't have to comment. But you can follow 10 to 15, 30, 50 uh, athletes that you have on your dynasty team, see what they're up to, coaches, beat reporters, ESPN uh, people, whatever, fantasy pros, whoever it is, follow those people and stay in the know. Obviously, Instagram helps as well, so you can get a lot of those charts that come up and ranking sheets and whatever. You can look at YouTube, you can follow on ESPN and NFL network channels, et cetera. Making sure to kind of get as many varying opinions that you can from multiple resources. That helps me kind of find the median of the information, then base your initial stance on that as you dive into your own research, forming your personal opinions. So, you know, if, if Lucas, Bobby, Dwayne, and myself talk about one single player, we're all going to be somewhat relevant, right? But we're all going to have different takes and maybe one of us doesn't like that guy as much. So you take all that information and you put it into a blender and you spit it back out. And that smoothie of information is now yours to do whatever you want with it. 
So if you can absorb as much information from as many people as possible on one single player, one single team situation, coaching change, whatever, then you take the next couple of weeks and months to digest all that information. And then once it comes time to actually make a move later in the summer, you have it all to deal with. Don't go to the draft board after listening to podcasts in, in February and checking out for four months. Don't come back to the draft board and say, oh, yeah, I remember Sky saying that, you know, uh, Travis Etienne is, is incredible, man. He's he's definitely the number one running back. Sky told me that in February and March. Uh, I got to remember that in June because guess what? He lands in a bad spot. He doesn't have a run-based team or there's any injuries or anything else that happened. He no longer would be that guy, right? I just told you, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift were guaranteed the number one and two last season until CEH got drafted by the Chiefs. Everything changed. So make sure that you absorb all the information from as many people as possible, but then base your own opinions once you get all of that information. Lucas, more on that? Yeah, I think from my end, um, I mean, like for me, like I don't even tweet anything on my Twitter. Like I strictly use it to follow – I don't know, a hundred some people that give me the information I need. Um, obviously some stuff's like non-fantasy or whatever stuff too, but like do whatever you want. I'm not saying you don't have to follow a bunch of people or whatever, but like find what works for you. And like, I would say don't overload yourself. I think it's super easy to, how I used to think is like, listen to fantasy podcasts all day, um, read all these articles, um, in return that, but in return, like that switches your stance on stuff. Like, if you listen to all these, like, you have to know that the people giving these this advice aren't future, like, they do, I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about, but, like, to a certain extent, like, they know just as much as most people know that are involved in the fantasy industry, right? Like, it's really just a business. You have to view it as a business sense, not, like, I have to listen to this guy, everything he says, because he's never wrong on anything, because he has a hundred thousand Twitter followers, right? Like you have to find what works for you. And I would say find the, the accounts, the podcasts, the, the videos that, that you don't, that you connect with on like a non-player take level. I think that's like the most ideal scenario because then you listen to their ideas, their strategies, their theories, and not like draft Jonathan Taylor because I don't know, he's good. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, you just said, don't like fall into the trap of listening to only player takes and taking the start sits with, okay, all these guys are starting, all these guys are sitting because the people have, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, I'm just as good as Matthew Berry, but like he has access to the same data we do. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, it really comes down to like just finding what works for you and going from there. Um, and I would say just don't stretch, don't stretch yourself too thin, but also don't overload yourself because I mean, it's February. Most sane people don't start drafting till uh august so like you have a long time to, before you need to overload on anything right now number four is going to be kind of just a, another stepping stone on the same idea so utilizing multiple sources of information to collect as much information as you can and so a, a handful of resources that we use here on a team as a team um, that we recommend you use as well uh, as a listener. Um, some of these are subscription-based, so not all of these you can access fully if you don't have a subscription, so we'll be honest there. Um, we as a team purchase subscriptions so that we have the same data and things like that, but uh, some of them are free. So we use Player Profiler. There is a subscription uh, setting, but you can get a lot of information for free. This is a great one to use initially, right? You type in a guy and you look at comparisons. They have a comparison athlete on there. They're going to have their breakout age. They're going to have their college uh, dominator rating. They're going to have targets in the red zone. They're going to have, you know, yardage over the last five years. They're going to have different comparisons and percentages on, you know, uh, yards of separation before the catch, after the catch, all these kind of things. So those are very valuable stats there, player, player profiler. It's also going to give you their 40 speed, their uh, bench press if they did it at the combine. This year's a little funky because it's all pro day stuff, but very uh, reliable and uh, useful site there, pro player profiler, excuse me. Rotoviz is another great one, very analytically and uh, statistically based. And the Lucas is big in that one. I use Fantasy Pros a lot. Um, 
we've gone over that a lot. You've heard us talk about the draft wizard and some of their other aspects over the last uh, few weeks here. Um, but a lot of great expert consensus ranking ECR. Uh, you'll hear us talk about that a lot, a lot of different rankings. You can find your favorite, um, you know, analysts on there and see where exactly they are ranking certain people. Lucas and I are getting involved with that as well this season. So keep an eye out for us. Uh, pro football reference. You heard Lucas talk about PFF and PFR. PFF is the pro football focus. Great, um, very analytically based website. Of course, if you watch Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, you see them bring up at the bottom of the string and say, this left tackle is fifth among all left tackles according to pro football focus. They're very uh, deep in analytics, so you can uh, hit them up. You can use a number of their sites without a um, – Without a uh, subscription, um, biggest thing I like to look at when the, when everything settles, a free agency and and the draft and everything is offensive and defensive line uh, rankings. I think that's really an underrated kind of stat to look at, but it helps me with the quarterback protection, helps me with the running back ability and the run block uh, situation there. So I take a look at that. That's Pro Football Focus PFF. PFR is Pro Football Reference, and you can. Uh, find that online as well. A lot of free content there. And that dates back forever. You heard Dwayne and I go into our favorite fantasy team of all time, our, our uh, you know, uh, dynasty kind of dream team, if you will, in, in fantasy. And Dwayne was bringing guys up from the 40s and he found their statistics on Pro Football Reference. You can find out those guys there as well. Next Gen Stats is great. A lot of us are familiar with that. You see that on Sundays as well. And then, look, if you can't find something, Google it, right? I mean, you can just type in in Google how many you know uh, top running back reception leaders who had the most receptions per running back or most targets at the running back position, whatever. And a lot of times you can find that as well. So if you can't find something, you can just look to Google it as well. Uh, Lucas, I know you use a lot of these as well, but are there any other ones that maybe I had missed there that you might recommend people look into? None that you missed. And I think this kind of goes with the, the information sort of absorption um, point as well. Uh, sorry, my phone's going off here. Uh, I used to like keep all these, I used to use way too many um, and it gets very overwhelming to uh stay focused on like the point of the site, I guess is probably the way to put it. So like, if you're wondering how to get more involved in research, um, but you don't even need, like, you don't, you don't even like, no one needs to pay for any of these things, right? Like, we I mean, you pay to use them, but like to do like most of the research we do, player profiler and PFR pro football reference are completely free. Pro football reference literally has every single stat point from any NFL game, any player log, any player game, any anything in the anything that NFL that's ever happened since the merger, nineteen seventy one, like ever, right? That one, like, and I think people get scared away from that because the user interface is not like super friendly, and I think that's where these other companies found leverage points to making these data sites because PFR, uh, for me, I'm, I'm a big Excel guy. Like, I don't care if the data is messy, right? And a lot of people get scared away from that. So that's why I like that one. Dwayne uses that one a lot because he's the same way as me. Is he'd rather have access to uh, Julio, every single one of Julio Jones games exported to Excel and figure it out from there rather than being able to, like, see it cool, filter it, all these cool things. Um, and it's free. And the player profiler, yeah, the paid part, um, it's pretty cool in a sense of like, if you know exactly what you're looking for, cause if people are familiar with like queries or like filtering or querying data, it's pretty cool. You can query the data based on a bunch of different metrics, um, on there, but the free version, you can just search the player's name and it's probably the coolest, uh, player pages, uh, ever. Right. I mean, like it's, it, it's really cool website. Um, and I actually just went back and listened to uh, big dog got to eat interview with Matt Kelly that he did last year. Um, go listen to that series if you haven't too. Sky, that Sky interviewed Nick on this series um, two two years ago, two and a half years ago. I don't even know how many years it's been since then. But episode episode one hundred, so it was a while back. <laughs> yeah, so go listen to that. I mean, if you're into this stuff, go listen to that series. But yeah, player profiler and PFR is where it start. Um, if you're like just looking to to get your hands on more than ESPN's website for your stats, I'm like nothing against that, but like. Just don't like it's once you learn these other sites, you're never going to look at ESPN ever again. <laughs> like you're not going to need to look at those things. Um, 
And then, yeah, you go into Rotoviz. That's like a very, um, I don't even want to say advanced analytics site, but it's a very like, if you're into analytics, it has everything you can need from the, um, yeah, I guess advanced analytics is the word. Like, like next level step of like predicting future outcomes is kind of the way to say it. They have a lot of like, um, and they're like, well, right now, like their rookie stuff, they have, like, you can like type in a player's name. Uh, when they get combine data, you can type that in or they'll type it in and it'll sim out like who their best comp to. So like stuff that like, I think is more for like a selling point than like, I'm sure it's pretty accurate, but like, I, it, it is a matter of Jonathan Taylor's comp to Marshall Falk, right? Cause he's not Marshall Falk in the sense. So like his fan, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's those more, I think for the user eye, fantasy pros is a good one. Um, I'd say fantasy pros is the best if you're just looking for like, if you're you playing three leagues and you only have two hours of fantasy consumption per week, go to fantasy pros on your computer, turn on their podcast, look on their site, read over their stuff, look at the rankings. You'll be good to go there. Uh, and then what else? PFF, that one's super in-depth stats and not the most needed for fantasy, but obviously we use it for, overall football stuff going through the off season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you covered most of them. I'm trying to think if there's any that I use football outsiders. Um, if, if you're really into like the NFL side of things, football outsiders, I'd highly recommend because it's uh, like the DVOA. We talk about um, really good breakdowns of all these players and all these teams from a high level perspective, but uh, player profiler and PFR, the two I'd recommend to, um really you can use the like I'm, I'm starting to like use only those for like most of my analysis going forward and it gives you pretty in-depth stuff absolutely and and uh again you everything specializes in in one particular thing but as lucas mentioned you can kind of find what's best for you and and that's another point uh, it's not really not really a point we're going to cover per se but i just really uh recommend that you know, you find out what you like to do. I mean, Lucas and I and Bobby and Dwayne, we're very analytically based. We like numbers. We understand numbers. We watch football via numbers. <laughs> if you're not somebody like that and you you much rather get information from long form articles or watching YouTube or scouting stuff on film or listening to podcasts, I mean, we kind of absorb all of it because of what we do. And we just are super nerds and do this 24 seven. But again, if you only have a couple hours to absorb this stuff during the week, find out what you enjoy most and listen to a podcast while you're working out at the gym, read an article, you know, in the morning uh, before you get going or something, you know, pop up fantasy pros and dial in through their rankings, get some updated stuff, mock draft real quick uh, to make sure you get the updates, whatever it is. Um, there's, there's always an option and it, not everything works for everybody. You know, like Lucas doesn't like to do certain things that I like to do for my research and vice versa. So make sure you do a little bit of everything just to understand what all of them are. But it's really important that you realize like, okay, if I have two websites that I have time to get into and I have three podcasts that I can listen to and I have two YouTube pages that I can get my information from, what are those? And get into it. Now that leads me into number five where it's important to have your people, your resources, your trusted, uh, you know, information. Hopefully we are on the list. Obviously you're listening to the podcast, so we appreciate that. And we're looking to compound the, and expand the brand this year and, and getting into uh, various other things that we've been working toward for a long time. So stay tuned for that, but also staying open to new and updated information and your takes. So like I just said, we're going to get into uh, our top five here at Rookie Positions but I guarantee you next week, next month, the next three months, when these guys land on different teams, the, you know, everything starts to come out, they're developing, they're in training camp. It's going to be completely changed up. So it's important that you understand the player. So you know the difference between Najee Harris and Travis Etienne as individuals, because once they land on teams, that is going to change things as well. But you need to understand the difference between the individual to then help your analysis. So make sure you stay open, you stay fluid, you stay willing to try out a podcast, try out a YouTube channel, try out an article. If you don't like it, move on, but maybe come back in a couple of weeks and try one again. I listen to a number of podcasts. I listen to about five or six different podcasts pretty much every day 
Um, but I've also cycled through maybe 15 to 20 over the last two or three years. And I've just honed it in to the, maybe the top five podcasts that I appreciate because of the way that they deliver information that I can absorb in the way that I like to absorb it. So there's nothing wrong with the other 10 or 15 that I choose no longer to listen to. It's more about these guys are delivering the information in a way that I best digest it. So I'm getting the most value. So we're hoping that we can be those people for you. So as always, drop us a, a, a review in our iTunes or Spotify, whatever it is, drop us a DM on Instagram and Twitter and let us know how you best absorb our information. Do you want more articles? Do you want more podcast episodes? Do you know, we're going to get YouTube kicked up here eventually is that how you want to absorb things, right? Like, do you want to hear more of Dwayne's stat rat type information? Does Bobby give you the information you want when he goes really in depth with his player breakdowns during the week? Do you want to hear more stuff like Lucas and I giving you a top three, top five, top 10 list of things that we like to do individually. So we're trying to give you a smattering of everything, but we want to hone it in for you, the listeners and the supporters. Lucas, anything else you'd like to add as maybe something else to do to prepare of course we do a million things in the off season but this is kind of an oversight of you know what we're looking at uh as individuals and as a team here at tck of course we're always growing we're always expanding but is there anything else here you'd like to add other than recapping the previous season taking the off season month to month absorbing as much information as possible, utilizing multiple sources to get that information, and of course, staying open to new information and updated information so that you can kind of stay fluid throughout the season. I think one thing, uh, it might be more personal preferences. I'm going to say like slow down on the mock drafts or like, I think analyzing ADP is more efficient than doing mock drafts, not going to lie. I think Personally, I don't, we didn't really do a lot last year, but like, I think really hammering them in like August is optimal. Um, obviously we'll do some and stuff, but like, I think doing them now is kind of pointless. Um, doing them really in May and June and July is still kind of pointless. Cause I think if you think about it, it'd be like, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of a call. Like you're doing them in May on based on May ADP and then it switches in August. Right. So like in a sense, like I'm not going to say you're wasting your time, but like you kind of are maybe. So maybe like go into the mock drafts and like don't necessarily think about like having rankings, who you're taking. Just think about like how these tiers are kind of like shaping and then like follow the trends, follow the ADP trends, follow the tier trends throughout the offseason. If you want to do that through mock drafts, cool. But I think you can really do that just following ADP. So maybe that's something that I might uh, try and be the, the test dummy for. Maybe just like take a little bit of a step back to see if I'm still getting the same effect. Um, and, obviously, and obviously if it's not working, I'll just hammer mock drafts in August and still get the same effect um, going into September. I like that. And of course, we will do a lot of mock drafts, but I like the uh, ADP and analysis as well, uh, which helps us look back on last season again, getting up to number one. OK, man, we're going to get into your top five positional players for each uh, for the quarterback, running back, wide receivers. And we'll mention a couple tight ends as well for the rookies coming up. But before that, we want to give a shout out, of course, to our friends over at the Jersey Jungle. You can find them on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle jungle make sure you go hit up a boy get yourself a perfect game feud jersey right i've been repping it for weeks i'm waiting on a couple more to come in the mail here i've got the justin herbert baby blue chargers jersey it's super clean i love it i know dweeze has got a couple in the mail we have one of our great followers and supporters shouts out to our girl megatron all the way out in the uk she ordered a few jerseys as well stoked to get those in her possession and again, make sure you mention that Lucas and Sky sent you. Use the tag TCK in the description there when you send a DM, and they're going to give you 10% off of one jersey, 10% off of two jerseys, 3% or sorry, 15% off of three or more jerseys. So they're already half of the price that you're going to see on NFL.com or the team's website, usually about 120 bucks for stitch and twill jerseys. What that means is you're going to have those like stitched jerseys like the players do not the like ironed on kind of plastic, the roll off in the dryer. You're gonna have the stitch and twill professionally looking jerseys that are about 120 on NFL.com. You get them for 60 bucks at cost. But if you use TCK, 
in the DM. You're going to get 10 to 15% off. Make sure you do that. Please support the homies and uh, make sure that we can continue this uh, sponsorship and partnership so that we can continue uh, to enjoy these incredible jerseys. They're doing great work over there, not just football. They have NHL, MLB, NBA. They have soccer world jerseys. They have custom jersey options. They also, as I mentioned, I have a musician friend of mine looking to get some band jerseys. So he's looking to get some baseball style jerseys, but with the band across the front, not a team as a custom jersey. So go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Mention TCK. When you're checking out, let them know your order and get 10 to 15% off of your jerseys. Okay, Lucas, let's get into your top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And we'll mention a couple tight ends late. Again, we don't need to get into analysis here. We're going to dive too far into these guys here over the next couple of weeks and months. But let's just get a, a general idea of where you stand. I'm going to give you my top five as well here heading into 2021 Lucas where do you stand here who are your top five rookie quarterbacks as of late February here give them to us so yeah so I'm not giving any analysis and I would not be in a place to even give analysis because I haven't done much research um I just follow the nine million thousand NFL mock drafts that get dropped every day and like they're completely all different it's kind of a joke in a sense but uh, so obviously quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, um, I'm assuming he's going to go to Jacksonville. Uh, he would be probably the one-on-one in rookie drafts, kind of a Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow like um, narrative to last year. And I actually have Trey Lance at number two, literally on the basis because he can run. He'll be 21 years old, start of the season. And I want the Broncos to take him. That's my analysis there. Uh, Zach Wilson at three, the BYU quarterback. Um, I, I guess my reasoning there is, most of the mock drafts have him going to good landing spots like the Niners. Uh, yes, I'm saying the Bears are a good fantasy landing spot. Uh, honestly, the Jets will be with their money if they get a receiver. And he's pretty uh, NFL proof in the sense of like his skill set is really transferable to any team because uh, he's a very play action quarterback and a lot of teams obviously run play action. Uh, quarterback four, Justin Fields. Um, he's terrible under pressure. He had not a very good year, and he showed out in the last game of the year, so that's why he's my QB4. And then Mac Jones, who I saw a take today about how he is just as good as a college prospect as Tua is. And I don't want to make any takes because I didn't do any research, but when me and Dwayne go over these things, I might actually have a better stance on this because I think it might be kind of accurate. Like his one year might have matched like Tua's best aggregate what 13 game season in a sense like I mean with I don't want to say arguably not as good weapons but in retrospect not as good weapons so Mac Jones is my five I think he can kind of um he's not going to move up in the rankings but I think he can move up in the overall rookie draft rankings based on his landing spot he's getting a lot of uh like trade-up vibes um with different teams based on the current sort of trend of the quarterbacks in the NFL draft Absolutely. Number one for me, I'll just go through mine real quick. Number one, uh, Trevor Lawrence as well. Number two, I actually like Zach Wilson at number two. I think he's Drew Brees with the running ability. And if that's true and he can stay healthy, he could be absolutely phenomenal. I think he could be maybe a sneak attack option for the 49ers uh, if they fall or, or move up and, and don't end up getting some free agents. Obviously, again, we don't want to dive too deep into that because by the time you hear this, uh, somebody could end up in the 49ers or in Denver or Chicago or whatever. So we're not going to dive into that, but that's kind of my thought there. Number three, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Fields either. I hear you. Um, he had a great semifinal game, uh, but you know, again, he got, he got shown basically in the national title. And that could just be because Alabama is an entire team of professional football players. Um, but the reality is I, I think he has much to grow as well. So I'm going to take him at three. Um, I do like Trey Lance as well. Uh, North Dakota state, again, that's, uh, um, that's where you had, uh, um, Carson Wentz come out of a while back as well. So I like him there. And then really at number five, I think it comes down to Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, um, Mac Jones, I hear you. And I think like, to me, just quick synopsis before diving too deep into these guys so far, he's kind of like big Ben. And I think if he has a big Ben career, I think he could be totally fine. Um, Kyle Trask, I just, for some reason, I just don't see it. Uh, he's not bad quarterback. I just don't know for some reason that he's got 
He's got what I would want as my franchise quarterback. And then really, I think kind of a sleeper down here um, is going to be Kellen Mond. He had a great uh, senior bowl, um, kind of sporadic. I mean, he's just a guy who I think is going to definitely need some work uh, overall, but I think he's kind of a dark horse to be a dual threat quarterback has decent uh, arm strength and accuracy as well. So those are my top five, uh, five, six um, quarterbacks there. Let's jump into the running backs here, Lucas. Who do you have as your top five rookie running backs as of now? Yeah, so I have ETN at one. Uh, I'm not even going to make a take with who's better. I mean, ETN had like uh, quick math here, 39, 59 to 78 total touchdowns in college. Um, so I'm going to take him as number one. Uh People say wait for landing spot. I've kind of switched my take where quarterback landing spot matters the most. And I think that is super accurate in the sense that if you're talking, I think what we've seen the last three years, like um, if you're talking general prospect, because landing spot only matters for the prospect, it gets thrown out the door once the game starts. Right. So I think you have to look at Tua last year was in, in retrospect to NFL and fantasy scouts, a hundred times better than Herbert. Obviously you have a little bit of a different take. I mean, I don't think he was a hundred times better, but like if you were to pull a hundred people last year, 97 of them probably would have said Tua was better. I would, you would probably agree. Right. And it does not give, it does not mean anything for fantasy. Right. And I think people are like, well, yeah, that makes sense. They threw the ball more, but like it, Tua would not have done the same thing throwing the ball 40 times a game. So I think, landing spot matters there more so what i'm trying to say is like whoever you want to be your rb1 just make him your rb1 because everyone's going to come in and say jonathan taylor's the rb1 in this class coming into this year i don't know i think dobbins is good swift is good ceh is good gibson's good acres is good like they all are going to be pretty close in rankings going forward so don't think about it too much so i have him at one uh naji harris at two uh he's just his size is crazy javante williams Okay, so after my first two, I don't really know how to rank these guys because to me, they were all no names in college and they were not talked about until the last month of the college football season. Just smaller, smaller schools really is why. Yeah, so I have Javante Williams a three primarily because I don't, not going to change it till post draft. I mean, people are acting like he's like this God running back, but he got outproduced by Michael Carter, who also is in the draft. And Michael Carter is like 10 spots lower in people are ranking. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's more of a, I'm just going to keep it to me. It doesn't matter till post rookie draft. Cause I'm not even going to release rankings. till post rookie draft on the site or draft guide or whatever we have anyways. So um, this is another thing there is like, if he got out produced, why is the guy 10 spots lower? It's because people try to spot like their vision and their balance and all these things that had nothing to do with why they got the ball in college um, going forward. Number four is going to be a shock. I have Jarrett Patterson here out of Buffalo. If you remember, he broke the touchdown record this year. Um, he is a very, very good runner. He was the workhorse at Buffalo and he never received a target in college. You heard that right. Not a single target <laughs> in college. And I had him at the four for one reason, because me and Dwayne pumped up James Robinson, Robinson to our RB three last year after the draft. And he was all over him. And then I became all over him because I watched the film. So basically what I'm saying is here, I'm not making the same mistake of, oh, he doesn't catch passes because I don't care because if he goes to a team that's going to give him the work, he's going to be a fantasy gold mine. And I could care less if anyone harps on my rankings in February. And five, I have Jamar Jefferson. There could be nine million other names you put in these three, four, five. I think Jefferson's is really fast. This is the one take where Tyler is super against him because he can't break tackles, but he's going to run like a four, three, four and um, Philip Lindsay can't break tackles either, but when they can't catch him, it doesn't matter. So that's kind of why I have him at the five uh, there. But I don't know. I mean, like I was talking with one of my buddies uh, two nights ago about how obviously this is super like narrative thinking, but imagine if ETN Harris and Chuba Hubbard would have went to the draft last year like they were supposed to and didn't return. Chuba Hubbard's going to be like the RB10 in this class because he came back to a bad team, but he would have been like the RB four in last year's class but like think about that like the rb1 this year would be javante williams if those three would not have came back i have javante williams at number three i have etn at number two and i'm going to give just a nudge right now before they land on a team to Najah harris um just because i know there's a stigma between a stigma with alabama running backs um 
a little bit. Obviously, there's Derrick Henry, but there's also Trent Richardson. I, I know that. Um, but I just watching Najee Harris play, and he has solid breakaway speed. Um, he's obviously big. He scores touchdowns, yada, yada. I like him uh, plenty, and I think that he's kind of one of those players that he could land anywhere and produce. Number two, Travis Etienne, love him as well. Um, maybe like, a, you know, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to compare anybody to Alvin Kamara, but kind of like that style of running back if he gets put in the right team. Javante Williams, I'm going to give the nudge over Michael Carter as well, but you mentioned that. I'm actually going to put Michael Carter in the top five there. And then kind of my uh, maybe, I don't know if he's a sleeper per se, but kind of my odd name that you didn't mention is uh, Kenny uh, Gainwell out of Memphis. Um, sat out this year due to COVID. Um, he opted out, but he was absolutely stellar last year. Should be just fine. And I think he's going to be like a faster, more elusive, powerful James White type back. And we've been mentioning on the podcast for years that we love. I don't think he's going to be just a PPR back, like, you know, uh, uh, um, JD McKissick type back. I think he's got more than that, but even if he is just kind of a pass catching specialist, um, if he lands in the right spot, like in Atlanta or something like that later on, uh, he could really have a ton of value. And I think he's a really good player. So I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Gainwell at number four. How about your uh, wide receivers? Top five. Yeah, so this is the one where I know people are going to be mad at me. And so last year I had Justin Jefferson at the wide receiver two last year, and he didn't move post-draft. And my analysis was the dude can just ball. Like, he can just play football. And I think wide receiver is the one position where people try to get way too technical with what they're evaluating, with why they're organizing players like this, and I mean, 95% of it does not mean anything when it comes to NFL, because what literally what we talked about, the whole target take and how we're going to go and evaluate do targets like our targets, the biggest driver of fantasy points. Like, it matters if they're going to get the ball, if they're going to be able to get open and draw targets to them, because to a certain extent, I think people say that they're like guaranteed targets. And I say it too sometimes, but I think that's true for Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Stephon Diggs last year. Like, got like big name guys. But I think after that, it really comes down to as much as we think like quarterbacks are good at like making plays to a certain extent, I think it comes down to are players open. And Rashad Bateman's my wide receiver one. And it literally just comes down to the fact that the guy can just flat out play football. I'm, we'll go into his stats when me and Dwayne go into it, his dominator, his breakout age. Like, the guy can just play and he has no flaws in his game. His size is good. His speed is good. And I think he checks out there. So he's my one. Chase is my two. And it comes down to the fact that the man put up like what, 19, 19 touchdowns, 1700 yards with Justin Jefferson putting up similar stat line. And the part that I think is funny is he's getting like, no one's really like downing him, but he's getting like wide receiver three, four rankings. And people think he's like not going to go round one of the draft, but like, what part of Justin Jefferson's rookie breaking season are we not going to draft the better, not better, but the more productive receiver at LSU for that same year higher? You know, like I think people are making this, like I said, they're making this too complicated. So those are my top two because I think they're just bust proof in the sense that they translate really well. I have Devontae Smith at three. I don't want to rank. I'm not going to have a single share of him because he's way too small. Um, senior season production, me and Dwayne will probably get into that, how like it's very – not um if you were to go back at i don't know the last thousand that's a, that's too, too big of a number last hundred receivers coming in the nfl the, and the best senior season producers normally don't translate to nfl uh because they're super old breakout age all that stuff i have jalen waddle at four i don't really know much about him i know he can play football really good but this kind of gives me henry ruggs vibes of like i know where henry ruggs is good and it's not being coached by john gruden and that's kind of why i was off him uh I, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. Rondell Moore's five. People are super up and down on him. And I'm not even gonna, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on him? Because like, I don't get where, I don't, I don't understand why people are so on, like, there's no one in the middle. Like it's either like, he's really good or he's absolutely brutal. Like, I don't know what I'm missing considering he broke out at age like 18, putting up like 20 touchdowns in the big 10 last year. 
Oh, he's the same type of dude. Um, I, I actually have my number five as well. Um, I'll, I'll go through mine really quick here to catch up, and then I'll, I'll end with him. I actually have Jamar Chase at number one. Um, again, basically outproduced Jamar Jefferson at 19 years old on the same team, won the Bolitnikoff Award, led the in, uh, the NCAA, and, of course, the SEC and receiving yards. I mean, Jamar Chase is the one for me uh Personally, um, Bateman, number two, I totally agree with everything you said there. I think he's going to be great. Nice PPR receiver, maybe a comp to like a Keenan Allen or so. Uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, I think, go kind of back to back. But I hear you. I'm not sure how I feel about either of these Alabama running backs or, I'm sorry, wide receivers. I think Devontae Smith is a little bit closer to maybe like a Calvin Ridley, who has been really great, but he's also been fragile with his lower body, and that worries me. Jalen Waddell, um, very, very talented. It was too bad that he missed out on the the end of uh, the season there. But I'll have to kind of dive deeper on these guys. And number five, I have Rondale Moore. And really, I mean, 5'9", um, I, I think he's just one of those dudes. He's like old-school Steve Smith of the Panthers, yeah. kind of a smaller guy. Like a, I mean, not Tyreek Hill's speed, but size. And some of these wide receivers, man, are like – they just need the targets. If you give them the targets, they can, you know, not like Edelman PPR style, but if they're going to hammer him, you know, eight targets a game, he can do a lot after the catch. He's strong. You know, think like LaVisca Chenault last year, um, Brandon Ayuk, those kind of guys, like not prototypical wide receiver ones. I think he's going to be a really solid number two. And if he's like a slot number three on like super hypothetical, say he goes like the Steelers, and they have James Washington in, in year four with Big Ben there. And they have uh, Deontay Johnson who gets better and Juju's gone. And Rondale Moore is the rookie over the middle in in um, in the slot. I think that's a perfect opportunity for him to shine on like 60 targets in his rookie year. But from Big Ben in an in offense, it's going to move well and he can do a lot after the catch. That's the type of position I want to see him in. Um, I don't think he's a game breaker in this class by any means, but I do think he outpaces guys like, I don't know, Tylen Wallace. Um, yeah. And I know, think Eskridge Marshall, stuff like that. I think like the, the, I like when you, when you're going absolutely like the, the thing you said was like, do they get the ball in their hands? And I think this is the thing that like all these people on Twitter, like don't understand is like, like there's a reason Henry Ruggs is not going to be good because they don't use him in the sense, like not because he was a like to a, to a certain extent, there is like rookie ramp up in terms of like, but well, there used to be rookie ramp up, not into the last two years where like Judy, like obviously Judy kind of had a bad season, but like he got the targets. He had some drops. The targets were super not on target. It's all these rookies got targets. Like Henry Ruggs is probably one of the most talented receivers I've seen in the last five years. And he's not good because John Gruden doesn't use him the way he should. Rager's not good because they can't get the ball in his hands the way he should. Like I had Rager as my wide receiver one in rookie rankings last year. It was um, CeeDee Lamb and it was Rager because the targets were going to be there because I didn't think the Eagles were going to implode, right? I think, like, um, coming into this year, you have to think, like, Ronda Moore is just as talented as these other guys in, like, a tier one sense. But, like, if he goes to a team that's not going to use him in – the screen game in this quick route game, like throw them out. And I think that's something I didn't really understand until this past year. Like, obviously I think Justin Jefferson's fantastic, but the reason he was really good is because there were so many vacated targets and he earned the trust right away. The reason that Judy, I think will be good is because there's going to be on target targets coming next year. The reason that Lamb's going to be a beast is because there's so many targets in that offense where like Ruggs is not going to get that opportunity. So I totally agree that like uh, he's a step above in terms of, talent and like playmaking ability but like i'm not going to say that he's guaranteed to be above elijah moore tylen wallace eskridge um tutu mm-hmm. atwell come post draft because i'm taking uh, ability to get the ball in their hands or the access to the ball into 90 that's gonna be like 90 percent of my rankings this year because i really showed the past two years yeah i'm gonna throw out just two sleeper names here to keep an eye on and again this is all about landing spot you know, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Marquez Stevenson, I think, could be this year's Henry Ruggs in that he, he runs an incredible combine or not a combine pro day, um, but he's super fast, whatever. And, and somebody's going to be excited about that. And he boosts, you know, blows up rankings or whatever, but he just isn't a multifaceted wide receiver. And then Deami Brown for North Carolina, I like a lot. Um, not, I mean, he's kind of like 
the quote unquote, he's the limited route tree guy of this draft. Uh, but we saw what happened with DK Metcalf. So um, he's not DK Metcalf. He's six one, about you know one eighty five. Um, so <laughs> DK dwarfs him in, in in you know physical metrics. However, again, another guy that I think overall has quality skill that's going to be a sleeper in this draft. Um, and we'll see. I mean, a lot of people are actually saying that you know last year's draft class was arguably the best ever outside of that two thousand fourteen draft class. Um, but there's a lot of people that say that there are portions of this draft class overall and at the wide receiver um, that match it or are better. So we'll see what happens over the summer, but it'll be, uh, it'll be very interesting, of course. Um, all right. So tight end, we're not going to rank them. I mean, it's Kyle Pitts and everybody else, but just a couple other names to keep an eye on. Um, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn state, uh, Brevin Jordan out of Miami, uh, a lot of great NFL tight ends out of Miami, a lot of great NFL tight ends out of Miami. So keep it on Brevin Jordan in general. And then Hunter Long, another one out of uh, Boston College. Um, again, there's going to be a couple more, I'm sure. But we know generally outside of Gronk, outside of Evan Ingram, outside of, you know, Noah Fant a little bit, and I'm sure Kyle Pitts, not a lot of rookie tight ends um, get going in the first year. So for redraft purposes, it's Kyle Pitts and everybody else. But for Dynasty, keep an eye on those other names there. Lucas, man, it's been a blast. Let's get into 2021 hard. We are stoked to bring back Bobby and Dwayne. We are going to be increasing the team as well. So we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we are officially looking for some um, uh, dynasty content, specifically this time of year, but absolutely redraft content as well. We're looking for some writers and contributors to the TCK pod. If you're interested, send us a DM letting us know that you want to be a part of it and we can get in touch there. That's Instagram fantasy football underscore TCK pod. And on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It very much helps us and we appreciate your feedback. Also keep an eye out for some upgrades here with the channel in general. And uh, we have some cool things kicking off for you in the next couple of weeks. This is episode 360 perfect uh perfect kind of metaphor changing and turning around here from 2020 to 2021 with the 360 here very excited to turn the page and get into 2021 incredible um and we'll hopefully this season is a little more clean with covid and everything else but we will uh be here with you the entire way thank you for tuning in to another episode of the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast Hope you appreciated the show. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, and uh, we'll see you next time on the TCK pod. For my man, Lucas Kaser, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.